It's so wonderful being with you again today. Thank you. And I really mean that from my heart. Thank you for being with me and joining me today. A very important subject, a very important heart-to-heart talk. I want to talk to you about the Word of God. But first, let's pray. Precious Lord Jesus, thank you for your Word. Thank you for your promises. Thank you for the privilege you've given us to know you, to serve you, to walk with you. To you be all the glory and the praise, and God's people said, Amen. You know, I want to talk to you today, and I want to show you from Scripture the importance and why it has become so important for us to know the nourishment of the Word of God. Not just the Bible, but to know the very depth of Scripture, to know the very mind of God in these days. The dangers out there have become so great and so high that we need to know the very heart of the Bible, the very depth of Scripture. And I'm going to challenge you as my brother and my sister to really get to know the mind of God. You know, because that's all we have in this life. That's all we have to lean upon. That's all we have to sustain us spiritually, to strengthen us, to keep us living victoriously in this dark day in the world today. And the Word of God brings light to us, brings brightness to us. So no matter what happens out there, we are living in the light, in the light. No matter if the days are dark and getting darker and darker, because today the day the days are are very dark, but not in our hearts, not in our life, not in the church, because it says gross darkness will cover the earth, but the glory of the Lord will be seen upon you. But we have to give God something to use. You know, my my son-in-law Michael Kulianos that has a great ministry called Jesus Image, and my precious Jessica, my daughter. Michael asked me years ago. He said, Baba. That's what he calls me, Baba. He said, give me, give me the secret to longevity in ministry. And I said, Michael, three keys. Number one, build a reservoir of the word of God in your heart that when the troubles come, you'll know where to go. Number two, Cling to Jesus, and only the word in you will enable you to cling to Jesus. You cannot be close to the Lord without his word enabling you to be close to him. And number three, never leave your call. And he said, why is that third one important? I said, because in your call there's protection. Do whatever God has called you to do in life. Don't be distracted by other things. And so... It all begins with the Bible. It all begins with the Word. You know, I use the story, and you you probably heard me say and talk about, let's suppose I give someone a brand new car, or you give someone a brand new car, let's say one of your children or, or a family member, and you say, here's the keys, you know, brand new car. Well, the car is no good without gasoline. They have to go get the gasoline. You give them a brand new car, or I give somebody a brand new car in my family, but then they have to go and get the gas. The gasoline is the word of God. So, you know, spiritually, uh, and, and I just gave you an example. Think about God giving you and I a gift called life eternal. So he says, here's the key to life eternal. I'm giving you a gift called salvation, life eternal. But you have to go and get the gas. 
and the gas is the word of God. But then God also says, but you have to use the key, you have to ignite the engine so you can move the car, you can drive the car, and that key in the engine is prayer. Well, you know, we have got to go and find the gasoline ourselves, ourselves. So in Exodus 16, verse 4, Exodus 16, 4, Then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day that I may prove them, whether they will walk in my law or not. So God was saying to Israel, Look, I'm going to send you bread, but the bread will not show up inside your tent. You have to go find it. And with us, God has given us the word. It's our job to go find it. It's our job to go read it. It's our job to go and feed upon the word of God. God will not do that for us. So he gives us a gift called life eternal, no different than you and I giving somebody like a car. But you and I have to go find the the gas, or otherwise it's not going to go nowhere. Without the word of God, that gasoline spiritually in our life, we are not going to succeed in this life and be victorious in this life. So it's really important that they had to do it daily, okay? So Israel had to go and look for the word of God every single day. And, and, and God said, I will prove you. I'm going to see how much you really want to follow me, how much you want to serve me by seeing how, how hungry you are for the word, the manna, okay? In, 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 verse, in verse 19 and 20, of the same chapter, Moses said, let no man leave of it till the morning. In other words, no leftovers. The Bible, we, we give us this day our daily bread. So we have to go look for it daily, receive it daily, not live on what happened yesterday, not, not live on what God showed us yesterday. Notwithstanding, they hearken not unto Moses, but some of them left of it until the morning. And it it brought worms and stank. So, you know, when when we live on leftovers, it's no good. It doesn't stay fresh. The Word of God is needed every single day because we are rushed so easily. The flesh gets back so easily. We have to keep the flesh out of our life by daily receiving the Word of the Lord. And it says, and they gathered it every morning every man according to his eating. So God said, look, I want you to go look for it every single day, daily manner, daily manner, daily daily word, that I may prove you. I will rain bread from heaven, verse 4 says, and the people will go out every day that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or they will not. So here's Exodus 16 verse 4 and verse 19 through 20 where some people say no i don't want daily bread i'll just you know eat what i got yesterday or i'll take a little extra for tomorrow oh it's not gonna last i never i have never known god to use a leftover to bless my life it's always something fresh it's always a fresh word from heaven every single day and i said earlier you know, we are rushed real easily. The rush comes on us real easily. You know how it is when people live by the ocean. You know, things get, uh, things get rusted because of the salt. And sometimes when we, when we uh, get rushed, 
on um, you know furniture and this and this and that we have to go clean it up again but think about our own life our own life spiritually we get rushed so quickly even way way quicker than salt coming on a piece of furniture if you live by the ocean or whatever but it's so important to understand the flesh goes back quickly into into the world when there's no there's no power in in that somebody's life to keep that flesh off and keep that flesh under submission you know and under control so the lord jesus said in john 6 32 through 35 he said verily verily i say unto you moses gave you not that bread from heaven but my father giveth you the true bread from heaven so he is our bread we find him through the scripture for the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and gives life unto the world. Oh, that's so precious. They said, Lord, give us this bread evermore. And he said in verse 35, and Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that comes to me shall never hunger. He that believes in me, on me, shall never thirst. How beautiful. Okay, so the word of God is so important because through the word, we, be, we, we, we receive the knowledge of Jesus. It's not about knowledge. A lot of people who read the Bible are learning doctrine. doctrine. But when you and I read the Bible, we are learning Jesus. We are receiving Jesus. That, you know, think, think about Saul of Tarsus before he became a Christian. He knew the Bible, and yet he persecuted the church because he did not know the Lord through the word. He just knew the word for information, not for revelation. He knew the word, and it made him very legalistic. Because, the look, the letter kills, you know, the letter kills. Uh, we need the Holy Spirit to make the Bible alive. So that's why we have to invite him. Precious Holy Spirit, open my eyes that I might behold wondrous things out of your law. And then he reveals Jesus to us through the scripture, through the word of God. And suddenly life comes in, just like what happened to Paul the apostle, who was Saul of Tarsus. After he got saved, the word became life to him. And now he saw Jesus in the word, while before that, he, he did not see the Lord in the word. So it's important to understand that when we read the Bible, we are looking for the knowledge of him getting to know him, the Lord Jesus, getting to know his ways, getting to know his mind. Now, some people worship doctrine. They don't worship the Lord. A lot of them, you think about how many people who know the Bible and don't know the Lord. Many who teach the Bible in universities, let's say, don't know the Lord. So knowing the Lord comes through, as you read the word, I want to talk to you a little bit about meditation. Because meditation is so important. People you know, always ask me and often ask me, how do you read the Bible? I read thoughts. I don't read chapters. Let me give you an example. Romans 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5 talks about justification. That's one thought. So when I read the Bible, I will read Romans 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and I'll stop. And I'll think about what I just read. That is meditation. And what you think mentally becomes heart meditation eventually. Because the more you go through it in your, in your mind, the more life you receive in your heart. And meditation is really important. 
<clears throat> Romans 6 and 7, sanctification. And that's one thought. Romans 8 is an amazing chapter. It, it focuses on glorification, glorification. Romans 9, 10, and 11, another thought, God's plan for Israel. Romans 12 to 16, how we as Christians should live, the duties of believers. So you break it like, you know, you, you break it like that. Or you, you do the same thing with Genesis, you do the same thing with Exodus, and you can decide where the thought stops. It's quite simple, really, because you, you'll see the change. You'll see the change. It goes from one thought to another. And, and you meditate upon thought by thought. And don't go beyond that till you know exactly what you've read in that thought, the first thought, like Romans 1 to 5. And then you go on, Romans 6 to 7, a whole different thought, sanctification. And you think about what Paul wrote, what he said. You go through it mentally. You meditate upon it. And then that meditation of the mind becomes meditation of the heart because you, you, you receive the nutrients of that beautiful word you just read. So this is what they call by chewing the cud, you know, like the cows. So I think what is so important is Bible study and Bible meditation often overlap. Uh, there is a difference because Bible study puts the emphasis on the mind, on the intellect. But meditation focuses on the heart. So the mind is used, of course, at first, but it's the heart that becomes active. It's the heart that becomes active. So when you read the Bible, it begins with Bible study, mentally, and that is totally focused on intellectual knowledge, intellectual ability. The minute you meditate on what you have read and studied, now the focus is the heart. Uh, the focus is the activation of the heart. And that's when you have gone through it in your mind, first intellectually, and eventually that intellectual meditation becomes heart meditation. And when it becomes hard meditation, the first thing you'll, that, that you'll notice is you'll talk to God right there. You'll fellowship with the Lord right there. It will produce life-giving prayer. I hope this is helping you. Produce life-giving prayer. So precious. Let's go to Psalm 19. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to show you uh, how it begins. So when you begin to meditate upon the board, upon the word of the Lord, it says the law of the Lord, I'm reading Psalm 19, verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The minute the word of God is in the heart, it restores the soul. Wow. That's what the word converts the soul means. It means it restores the soul. The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, is sure, giving wisdom to the simple. So 
The minute that word becomes active in you through meditation, number one, it restores you on the, on the inside. Number two, it gives you wisdom within. So this is really important because um, there, there is such a beautiful key here. And, and I like to kind of tell you, this is when, when what I call apprehension happens. It begins with apprehension. Uh, let's, let's look at Psalm 119. 119, this is so beautiful. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your precious word. To you belongs the glory. And God's people said, Almighty, Amen. Okay, let's look at Psalm 119, verse, verse uh, 99. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditation. I love to read verse 100. It said, I understand more than the ancients, than someone who's older than you, because I keep thy precepts, uh, thy precepts. And the, and the minute apprehension begins, the word of God will do something in you that is so powerful, that's so powerful. Because only the word of God will keep you away from sin. Blessed, I, I'm going to read verse 1 of the same Psalm 119. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimony. This is what, be, what begins with meditation. You begin to keep the word in your heart. Blessed are they that keep his testimony and seek him with a whole heart. Remember what, what I said earlier? The minute the word of God comes into your heart, it produces fellowship, it triggers communion with God. It says, blessed are they that keep his testimony, and now they seek him with their whole heart. So to seek God with their whole heart, that's the, the result of the word in you. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. So you will be free from sin the minute you receive spiritual insight spiritual understanding, you begin to apprehend. Apprehension begins when meditation begins. I have more understanding than anyone. Wow. Because I have been reading the Word of God, God has expanded, expanded the understanding of my heart, not just my mind, my heart. There's like an enlargement of the heart isn't it precious what, 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 what Psalm 99 says? Sorry, Psalm 119, verse 99. I have more understanding than all my teachers because your testimonies are my meditation. The second thing that, 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 that happens now is what is called assimilation. Assimilation is where you become satisfied. So the spirit is fed, now that spiritual food is being processed through meditation and now you develop your digestive system, basically. The digestive system comes alive in the spirit, in the spirit. So our spiritual food now 
begins to form our spiritual character. It begins with understanding more than my teachers. Now, it begins to form in you and me a holy life, a spiritually holy character in you and I. Just like physical food affects you physically, spiritual food affects you spiritually. And I love what Psalm 63 says about this. And I hope this is really helping you, sweet people of God. I just want you to know your Bible. I really want you to know the Lord and his mind. It says in verse 5 of Psalm 63, My soul will be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. And my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. I think when we reach that place where our spiritual digestive system is back to life and we become satisfied, that's when, when praise erupts out of us. Wow. And, and I think this is where what Paul meant in Colossians 3, verse 16, when he talked about the word, and he says this, he says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. So this is when praise just erupts out of you, like you're reading the Bible and just praise just erupts out. You have reached that place of assimilation. Now, let's talk the, the uh, final one. The final one is, is really application. You start living it. So finally now, there's the practical outworking of the, of the process of meditation. So not only is this building your character, it's nourishing your spiritual faith, now you are adjusting to the ways of God. So we go from understanding to nourishment and satisfaction to adjustments, we adjust to the Bible. We, we, we kind of fall in line with the scriptures. And now the, the scriptures begin to set our, our steps in order in the world. We begin to walk, walk in the law of the Lord. Remember what it says earlier in Psalm 119 verse one, they that walk in the law of the Lord are free from iniquity. So if you wanna really be free from sin, you gotta do what, what the Bible says about it. You have to walk in the law. It begins to affect your footsteps from understanding to satisfaction, which is nourishment, to suddenly now you, you begin to walk it, you begin to live it, you, it, it begins to work out in your life. And that's what I think it means in Joshua 1, 8, this book of the law will not depart out of your heart. You'll meditate therein day and night that you may observe to do. You observe and now you're living it to do according to all that's written then, therein. And then you'll have good success then you'll prosper in all you do spiritually and naturally. And that's in Joshua 1.8. This book of the law will not depart out of your heart and mind. Wonderful Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for your word. Where would we be, Lord? Where would we be without your precious word? Oh, thank God for the Bible. Let's just look real quickly before I say bye 
at, at someone. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners. Oh, aren't you loving this? I'm about to shout. Nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is on the law of the Lord. In his law doth he meditate day and night. Watch now the change here. Watch the change. Now, in verse 2, it says, this man has joy in him because of the word. His delight is in the law of the Lord. There's joy in his life now. Joy is back and joy stays because of the Bible. And then verse 3, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf will not wither. Whatever he doeth shall prosper. That says to me that our life will be nourished and our life will become fruitful. We will yield fruit in our season. So God's word, when we meditate upon the word, it brings us joy in verse 2. It brings us <coughs> nourishment in verse 3. And it brings us what? <coughs> Fruitfulness and healing. Because it says here, his leaf will not wither. That means no sickness. <coughs> God's word produces health. It says so. And then it produces success. Whatever he doeth will prosper. You know what? I My faith is so stirred right now. I want to pray with you. Lord, let your word dwell richly, richly in everyone that's right, right now listening, in everyone that, that is watching. On this wonderful day, let your word dwell richly in each one of us. Oh, precious Jesus, give us a deep hunger we've never known for your word. To you and only to you belongs all the glory and honor. And God's people said, amen. All right, now it's time to go get the gasoline. <laughs> you know, God gave you that gift of life eternal. Now it's time to get the gasoline and get that engine moving of prayer and watch what God will do with you. Listen, before I leave you, I want to ask you to give, uh, to sow into the work of the Lord because it's important. It's important. You know, I come daily and I'm with you daily, <clears throat> sometimes from a service or sometimes from the studio where I'm just talking to you like this about the Bible and other things. Sowing financially into the work of God is saying, Lord, you can trust me. You can trust me. Because see, God wants to bless you financially. God wants to prosper you financially. God wants to take care of you for your future and your children's future. And giving is the key to financial blessings. God knows, look, 90% of your time is spent thinking and planning and working about how to make ends meet and how to live and how to take care of your life and your family. So think about how important it must be to God too that our finance matters to God. He cares about the smallest little matters with us. And he gave us the answer. He said, when you give, I will give. When you sow, I will give you the harvest. When you sow seed in the Lord's work, is like a farmer that sows seed in his farm. And then you have to believe now that that seed will work. You have to have high expectation for the harvest to come. And faith is the key here. Faith is the key. When we sow, faith is the key. There is no faith involved when you go to a store and buy something because you see it when you go to buy food or buy clothes. There's no faith involved. But when you sow seed, there's faith involved. 
Because when you sow seed, like a farmer, when he sows seed in the ground, he doesn't see the harvest, the, you know, harvest. He has to believe for it. He sees it, you know, coming. And when we sow seed, we have to believe God for the harvest. And I want to pray with you right now that God will meet your needs financially. Because he promised it. He promised it. It shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall man give to your bosom. So we can't receive till we give. Lord, bless them as they obey you. Speak to them, Lord, about the amount they should sow today in your work. And multiply that seed. And bless them with the harvest that they need just now. In Jesus' most precious and wonderful name, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your promise. Thank you for your word. I give you all the praise. Lord, meet every need in their life right now. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen, amen. Share this teaching with your friends because this is so needed. So much love and I'll see you tomorrow. And please share this with your friends. And as you give, you can give on the platform you're watching me on. You can go to our website, benahin.org or simply text BHM45777. It's right there for you on the screen. So much love to you and I'll see you tomorrow for another powerful teaching. Much love, bye-bye. Benny Hen Ministries has stayed on the cutting edge for the past five decades. The Lord made it clear that keeping and storing all archives and resources should be a top priority. Thus far, we've rescued and digitized 10,500 of the 13,437 tapes from the past half century. Pastor Benny's legacy, life's work, calling and anointing will be preserved for generations yet to come. Nearly 50 years ago, this great adventure known as Benny Hen Ministries began with one voice. Today, that one voice continues to be amplified over and over through every possible means. What happens next will be the greatest blessing of all. Isn't it wonderful what the Lord has done? And to Jesus be all the glory. I wanted to show you this beautiful report about the digitizing of thousands and thousands of hours already of the great meetings from the past. Because we want to keep them for our children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. So we need your help still. So thank you, thank you. I just wanted to show you that your money is doing the job. What you gave in the past is really making it happen. But let's keep doing it for the Lord, please. This is for His glory because now it can go to every nation on earth in every language on earth because of your help. All right, you can give right now on the platform. You're watching me on. You can go to our website, benihim.org, or you can simply text BHM45777. So thank you for loving. Thank you for giving. And let's keep glorifying our wonderful Savior. Much love to you. Thanks again.